With the arrival of a COVID-19 vaccine comes hopes for a return to normal over the course of the new year. People returning to offices, social functions taking place in person, and kids returning to the classroom on a regular basis. But that comes after what may be for some more than a year of remote learning and the challenges associated with us. With us today to talk about the long-term impact on kids and how to make sure they aren't left struggling when learning goes back to a traditional setting is Sarah Rich, a former principal and one of the founders of Just Right Reader. Sarah, thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. So let's just start by talking about what kind of impact this extended period of remote learning may have on kids, whether it be on and off or in some cases, nonstop since March. I mean, I think it's having two big impacts on kids. One is they're not getting the individualized attention that's supporting them to grow as readers. And the second is their confidence. A huge part of becoming a strong reader, a strong student in school is feeling confident and feeling like you can help kids, that you can learn. Um, So I think big part is that kids are afraid to start trying things and afraid to jump into that reading that they've done before. And is that true sort of across the board? Is there any one age group that's more resilient than any others? I mean, I think we're all resilient. We're all going to be okay. We're all going to come out okay. But it definitely, if you if you are a strong reader, you just have to keep doing it more. But if you're a kindergartner, pre-K, first grader who's just starting to read, it's harder. Um, you've lost time beginning that process, and we want to catch them up right away. Absolutely. I mean, I I know, you know, I have a five-year-old who was excited to start school while she's in Zoom school and uh, and it's been a challenge. Um, Eventually, she will see a traditional classroom. Is there a danger that those kids could fall behind, you know, say for years to come? And how how do we avoid that? I think we want to We want to keep going with the things that we know we as parents can do. So keep reading to your child. Everyone knows they can do that. Snuggle in. Don't forget those moments that you feel equipped that you can do. Um, We're sending books around the country to kids that are normally just in schools because we know that kids need books that they can read on their own that are only in schools. We're giving our first box for free right now because we know families need it. Um, and the other side of it is use an opportunity when you're writing to like pull up beside your child and actually write with them, make that list with your child, send that note to grandma with your child, whatever it is that you find that you're pulling up a pencil, don't feel bad saying, Oh, come, let's write this together. Um, so our, everyone's life is so complicated right now. Everyone's <laughs> overwhelmed. Kids are overwhelmed. Parents are overwhelmed. But wherever we see that moment that could be a shine that we could bring kids into, we want to just seize it and bring kids in. So that's just sort of any practical application then, right? That's the thing that they're missing potentially in the in the remote setting that the, that a parent at home can help provide. I think people, yes, the goal of what I'm trying to say is that everyone wants to help their kid. And we're trying to figure out where those moments can be that that you can jump in and try and do it yourself. Um, Now, what about older students, particularly those who are about to graduate? You know, they're not learning to read now. They've been reading for quite some time. But anything that they lose in terms of in-person education, they don't get a chance to make up. Is there any kind of a concern for them going into the real world? I think we're more worried for them that social aspect, right? So mm-hmm. for them, how do we support them to still get that connection, to still have the socially distant moments and to still take time to talk to their friends and have and be social in the way that that we know older kids really are craving and really need right now. So 
So now you, you talked about, you know, if somebody's making, you know, say a grocery list to, to have the kids write those with them, that that's one uh, one potential thing. Do you have other kind of just practical real world uh, applications that that parents can be using now and and on into the future that I mean, that, that just seems so, so simple. Everybody can do that. And if that's going to help your kid from falling behind, you know, that doesn't take any extra effort. It doesn't take any extra effort. The one thing that we say, especially as we go into breaks and people are going to be home with their kids is figure out a routine of when you want to either create special time that you're going to be reading or writing with your child. So we encourage people when they get our boxes to find a time, if it's right after breakfast, if it's right before bed, if it's right after dinner, that you always know that you're going to be reading with your child, make it fun, have some hot cocoa, have something, a special treat, make it so that your child looks forward to this time because they know it's coming. They know it's top quality time with you and they know that they're going to be practicing their reading, you're either going to be reading to them or they're going to be reading themselves. But the more ritualistic it is, the more I know when it's happening, the better off we do. So just like a story at bedtime becomes really, really important. For instance... For instance, or a story right after, right after breakfast, when we're all going to take 10 minutes, right? It's those tiny moments that become rituals um, that are not just bedtime, but kind of other moments in the day that we can take that we know are going to be moments to either read or write or something of the sort. Now, to, to just take it to a, a real practical uh, sense, in some districts, this is more this is easier said than done. Um, for instance, in a, you know, in a, in a district that's say lower income where there might be one parent and they're working two jobs, it is a lot harder to find that time than a two parent household where there's, you know, maybe more time. Um, so I, I think these practical things that, that you'd have to do anyways, really, uh, I'm really kind of seizing on that as, as a way to sort of be a great equalizer here. I think it's a way to be a great equalizer. And I think everyone, no matter who you are, no matter how many jobs you're working, everyone wants a moment with their child. So when you get that moment, maybe you want to think intentionally of how can we do, what can that look like in that moment? And um, how do we make that special and and build that connection over reading or writing? Now, do you see most of the burden of this, uh, of making sure the kids don't fall behind falling solely on the parents? Is there anything schools need to be thinking about offering or doing differently when the kids do return fully to the classroom? Does curriculum need to change in any way? I mean, I think schools are going to think really hard of how do we catch kids up individually and how do we personalize what we're giving them, right? So we're going to probably have to think more about small groups. We're probably going to have to think about who's who, who is most at risk that can come back first. Um, I think we're going to have to think about how do we support kids that really need it and what does that look like for them? So do you have any examples of what that might mean? What should schools be thinking about right now? I'm sure schools are thinking of who, how do we get special needs kids back? How do we get second language kids back? How do we get kids that are, that are, that are already a grade level behind? They were more likely to already be a grade level behind. How do we bring them back into the building first? So I think schools are thinking hard about that. And everyone, we almost just need to say, we're going to get through this. Pick one thing right now that we're going to do a little bit better and that I'm going to be more intentional about. And that could be getting just right books for your child. That could be learning some sight words with your child. That could just be that we haven't been spending enough time reading to our child. That's a great spot to start too. Just choose one is what I'm telling parents. Choose one thing, 
whoever you are, wherever you are, choose one thing that you're like, that you're going to think to yourself, I'm going to try doing this more and see where I'm at in another two weeks. Sure, sure. Now for teachers, it's long been a burden that they are, the, the classroom sizes get bigger and bigger, and it's harder and harder to do more with less. That's only been accelerated with the pandemic. So for instance, 30 kids in a classroom may need to be adapted somehow when the kids come back, at least in terms of individualized reading. I think the part that um, if there's any silver lining to the pandemic, it's that it's made us think, how do we think differently and how do we shift and how do we create smaller groups online in the classroom, wherever they are. Um, So we're trying hard at Just Right Reader to constantly think about how do we give small groups individualized attention to kids. And I think schools are trying hard to think through the same. So it's almost like, how do we seize this moment that's pushed us to pivot, that pushed us almost to our breaking point to use this as a moment to think differently and almost redo it? Sure, sure. So tell me about Just Right Reader. I mean, if people are interested in that, what exactly is entailed and uh, and where do they go for, for the information? So we're doing, I'm actually from Newcastle, Pennsylvania. So I'm like right on the no other way. side. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So like, I loved it when she told me that you guys were in Youngstown. I was like, oh, that's so great. Um, so we are doing two things. We're sending you books that normally you'd have in school. Kids need practice. The more they see the word I, the more they see the word is, the more they see the word like, the more they know that word. So the more they're reading those words, the better off they're doing. It's just, it's pure simple. Um, and then we're also doing small groups, one-on-one teaching to catch kids up and small groups of five. So your kid can get some more differentiated, pointed, small individualized attention so that they can, they can make huge leaps. We have some pre-Ks reading at first and second grade level because they're getting the exact information they need, the exact instruction they need to grow as readers. And that's in something, I mean, is that some sort of a virtual meeting? I mean, these are everything's virtual, but yeah. if, it's, if, it's, if it's, but if the group is small enough, you can make a connection to really grow as a reader. Part right. of the problem that we're, we're seeing across America is teachers are going above and beyond. They're trying so hard, but we're still in large classrooms, which is what you're talking about. And right now for kids to catch up and make the gains, the more, the smaller and more intimate and more personalized it is, the more they catch up. What kind of cost is associated with this if a parent uh, wanted to try and get their kid involved now? So our boxes are $30 a month with the first month being free for any family that wants it. Um, And I'll make Youngstown Reads live. Um, And then our camps are basically $175 a week to get 45 minutes and a 20 minute one-on-one. And then um, it's about $60 for a one-on-one session to sit down and we'll work with your child. And is that sort of all a la carte? You can pick and choose what you're going with? All right. Pick and choose. Um, Yeah. The goal is kids need more attention right now. They just do. So figure out how that's going to be, whether it's just right either, whether it's your mom, whether it's your grandma. I think we're also encouraging people, think about your extended family, which everyone has, who can hop on Zoom and who can be that connection for kids. Absolutely. Well, I, I thank you very much for your time. Oh, this is so fun. And I love it. Yeah. Sound like I love it. <laughs> well, thank you very much.